Hello and welcome to the Woking Examiner podcast. In this series of podcasts, we interview the councillors, portfolio holders and supporters who are assisting the Lib Dem run council as we seek to address the many years of mismanagement committed by previous administration. I am Peter Graves, councillor for Perford Ward, and over the course of the next couple of episodes in this series, I will be talking to our amazing group of candidates who are standing for election on the 4th of May this year. Today I'm joined by Steve Greentree, Lib Dem candidate for Knapp Hill Ward. Hello Steve and welcome to the Working Examiner. How are you getting on? I'm doing really well, Peter. Thanks for asking. The first question I wanted to ask was really about what inspired you to become a councillor, inspired you to put your name on that paper. I don't know that really that there was any one thing that inspired me, if I'm honest. I think it's a number of things. Getting to know the councillors a lot better and finding out what it is they do has inspired me. Um, I worked in biotech. And in biotech, quite a while ago, there was a realization that by putting patients at the center of everything we did, we actually got a better outcome for them, but mm-hmm. also commercially and for the success of the company. Excellent. And just looking at Woking and what has happened, uh, particularly in places like Knapp Hill, I just feel that putting our residents at the center of everything we do is going to help them and also make Woking a better place to live and work. When I retired about this time last year, I was really looking for a way to give something back to the town where myself, my family have lived for the last 30 years, but also something that's going to allow me to use some of the skills and experience that I've picked up over the years to benefit the community. I was the executive director and team leader, and I ran numerous multi-million pound projects in a very technical and highly regulated and tightly monitored industry. And we had very extensive systems and processes in place for things like contracting with the vendors, managing the progress of our studies. And we were held to account by robust governance systems. Inadequate systems and processes together with weak governance seem to have really contributed to the problems that Woking finds itself in. That's absolutely vital, working with the team, obviously, but being able to identify where government systems are weak is going to be really key for us as we go forward and try and resolve the issues that we inherited in May last year. You've been campaigning for a while, I I imagine. And what what exactly have you found hardest about doing the campaigning? Well, you know, although kind of I'm used to putting myself at the front of teams and presenting to, to boards and the likes. I really find it quite difficult knocking on doors. I'm basically a relatively shy kind of person. The only thing that makes it easy really is going out with friends and colleagues and doing it together. You're all in it together. Yeah. Yeah. I've certainly found that one of the most demoralizing decisions I had was I was on my own and just about to finish and last call was absolutely dreadful. And it's something we had feeling really depressed, but no, it is worse. It's really important to working with the team. What have you enjoyed though? You've, you've been knocking on a few doors. You must have talked to a few people. What have you enjoyed about that? Oh, I've talked to so many people over the last few weeks. I think it's a real pleasure to find someone that wants to talk to you. Someone that's prepared to share some of their own life experiences. Someone who's prepared just to share their views and opinions, whether they actually 
match up with your own political views or opinions, in a sense, doesn't really matter. Just to understand who and what they are and what issues are uppermost in their mind. And that's the most enjoyable bit for me, to be honest. Well, I think the one thing you do find is that most people are actually quite pleased to have someone on the doorstep who's coming, presenting themselves as a candidate or as a councillor and being able to talk about things because they're just not used to meeting councillors in certain wards. One of the saddest things is that I've come across quite a few elderly people and maybe I'm the first person they've spoken to in a while. So I stand and have a chat with them and it might be just about the state of their garden. They've got some nice flowers coming out. It could be about anything. It's a privilege, I think, to be able to do that, to give somebody a bit of pleasure in life. It's a valuable experience for them as much as it is for you, I think giving them a chance to talk to someone. Yeah. So moving on to your, the challenges when you're, when you become a counselor, what do you see as the biggest challenge moving forward? Having got to know people like yourself and any of the other counsellors on the Lib Dem team, I think it's probably going to be maintaining a positive work-life balance. There's so much to do. And even just knocking on doors as I was yesterday out in Nap Hill, you're picking up issues and problems that need to be addressed that can't be ignored. Yeah. So how you maintain that work-life balance, I think, is going to be the real issue moving on. You never really stop working, but don't let that put you on. Is there anything in, in Nap Hill that is a sort of re- recurring theme in terms of concerns that your residents might have and need to be dealt with? I think there's a number of concerns, really. There are large parts of Nap Hill which appear to have been overlooked and neglected over the years for whatever reason. I had one resident say to me, it's almost as if all the money was spent on building the towers in the center of Woking and we've been forgotten. I think that kind of summed it up for me, really. And we've got a lot of new build estates, which are lovely, but we've got some older residential areas, which are clearly lacking a bit of love and affection and attention. The high street itself, we've got a lot of empty shop units, the empty pubs, the anchor, which the council under the conservative leadership bought and has been left empty is becoming more and more derelict. Yeah. It'd be nice just to smarten the place up and just make it a more vibrant, more vibrant place to, to walk and to, to shop in. So it's really interesting about that Phil, and it'd be lovely to see it become an even more vibrant and happy place to, to live and work. Steve, do you think there's a personal achievement that you feel in your past has shaped the way that you are? Is there anything you can put your finger on? Yeah, there's a very personal achievement. In fact, uh, my youngest daughter was just around with us today and 20 years ago, we adopted her and we told her that we were going to be her forever family. And that we'd always be there for her. She came to us when she was three and a half years old and very difficult background. And she had what is called attachment disorder, which made it very difficult for her to form a relationship with us. And uh, we stuck at it, but over the years, things got more and more difficult. And the adoption broke down when she was a teenager. But we never gave up. We were persistent. We said, we're always there for you. You need us, we're here. And when she did need us, we were there for her. 
So now we're in a position where we have a very loving, easy relationship with her. She has a young son of her own and she's taken on an awful lot of the values that we gave her, but she's also fostering a little boy as well. And she's doing an absolutely incredible job. And I just feel so proud of her and proud of us, my family, my wife, my eldest girl sticking in there and giving her that opportunity in life. That's amazing. That's a very touching story. And yes, I'm sure that there'll be listeners who will be, who'll be very able to relate to that, Steve. So if we move on, if we may, to the next, my, my next question, which would really be about what you would do if you were the prime minister of this country for a day, what would you change? <laughs> I don't think a day would be long enough to change everything <laughs> that I'd want to change. <laughs> yeah, I really want to see a fairer society for all of us. I've been very fortunate in life. I would like people to have the same good fortune that I've had. I'd like to see everyone paying their fair share of taxes. I've voted in every general election since I was 18 years old, but I've never, ever seen a politician of the party that I voted for get into office. So I'd like to see proportional representation in place. Yeah. I just want a fairer society for all of us. There are people in Perth last year who said they'd voted Lib Dem ever since they've lived here. And this is the first person that they'd ever elected having voted for them. Yes, that's a really interesting point. And a privilege um, for you, Pete. It's a lot of uh, privilege and responsibilities. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Responsibility. The next topic I want to address really is what you would change in Woti itself. So we've talked about Nap Hill, we've talked about the country. What about, what would you change in Woti? There's a question that came up on the doorstep a few weeks ago when I was out canvassing and a lady was telling me about the difficulties that her daughter was experiencing getting social housing in Woking. Yeah. It's something I can relate to because my youngest daughter was in social housing in Woking, blighted by damp and all sorts of issues and problems. Yeah. And ultimately she's ended up having to move out of Woking to Farnborough to find a property that isn't damp, that's suitable for her and her family. So what I'd yeah. really like to see is affordable quality housing for everyone that needs it. That's yeah. what I'd like to see in Woking. It'll be, it'll be a lovely thing to be able to to do for the town, for working town. So Steve, a hundred days into the job, what would you like to be able to say to your residents? What do you think you would have achieved in a hundred days? This is the standard kind of management kind of question, isn't yep. it? I've been faced with it any number of times. For me, I think the important thing really is to have a clear vision of where you're going. And that's something that you can achieve within a hundred days. If you don't know where you're going, you don't know how to get there. Yeah. So I think for me, just knowing exactly what it is I'm going to be doing over the next three years, nine months, or the term would be important to know. Yeah. So actually having a clear way ahead, a clear focus on what we're going to achieve. Yeah. Clearly the main thing, and this is what I say to residents when I talk to them on the doorstep, is the main thing we're trying to do is obviously sort out the finances. So that's the main focus for us as a group, but there may be other things that we need to look to deliver as well. So the last question really is about you personally. You walk into a cafe, again, another standard management question, and <laughs> your friends are talking about you and what do they say? I just want them to recognize that what I'm doing is making a difference to the people in Knapp Hill. 
something that's measurable, something that's achievable, something that people can see. If I can do that, then I think I've been successful. So Steve is making a real difference in that pillar. Is that the sort of thing you want to him say? Exactly. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Steve, it's been really good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Um, we'll meet on the doorstep at some stage, I'm sure. It's been a pleasure, Peter. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. And I look forward to you joining us in the near future. 